0: It's time for The Car Doctor on AM 950 W R O L. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's The Car Doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 W R O L. The spirit of Boston.
1: And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Maybe you're listening on 100.3 FM, maybe you're listening on the app, maybe you're listening on WROLradio.com, all kinds of different ways to listen to the Car Doctor Program, and all of the fantastic shows on Saturday here. Uh, in fact, I just saw Johnny Costello and Bobby There's Brooks, the and they're at the window now, waving to us. Hey, can I get a t-shirt? Um the uh, But they are heading out to South Boston. Uh, they're going to be at the City of Boston Credit Union in South Boston for South Boston Day. Then they're heading down to Marshfield for the Irish Festival down in Marshfield. So they're going to be all over the place today. So look for them. I don't want to say they're a couple of knuckleheads, but look for the couple of knuckleheads that are going to be out. The idea of having Costello and Brooks together. Ooh. No good going to come out of that. So And... Uh, Coming up next, we're going to be talking to our buddy Craig Fitzgerald, uh, who has has just been on an outdoor adventure. We'll talk to him. And a little bit later on, I had the opportunity to sit down with Brad Yeager. He is the uh, Lincoln Aviator brand manager. So we're going to hear, we got to spend a couple minutes with um, Brad to see what that, uh, this new uh, small SUV or midsize SUV from uh, Lincoln is all about. But right now, our buddy. Craig Fitzgerald on the phone. Craig, good morning.
2: Hey, what's hey. going on, John?
1: Hey, uh, well, more. What's going on with you? I saw pictures on Facebook. You are living on the roof of a car? What's going on?
2: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I went to um, Minnesota. Oh no, uh, Wisconsin. Sorry, with uh, a Subaru, and uh, we put a we had a, a Tapui tent on the roof. And my son and I did a camping trip out there, uh, with the tent and it was awesome. And, uh, we published it in, uh, on Subaru this week. And, uh, great trip.
1: And, you know, for people that don't know you, you look like a lumberjack, so, you know, you can, you can, you can can live in the woods. Um,
2: I know I I look like I came out of the woods.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think I have actually seen you with a chainsaw once. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah, true. Yeah, so, uh, but, uh, you know, you know, people think about, you know, Subarus here in New England. I think we think of Subarus a little bit different than other parts of the country. Um, you know, other parts of the country, Subaru, you know, I guess they sell okay. But out here in New England, you see Subarus with, you know, canoes on the back, uh, right. canoes on the roof, uh, bikes on the back. Kayak stuffed in somewhere, uh, you know, you know, two kids and a Labrador retriever in the car. Uh, Subarus get used a lot, but the idea that you can actually use a Subaru to go camping is kind of cool.
2: Well, yeah, so so this this was the Ascent, which is the big, you know, seven passenger yep. or uh, is it eight, seven passenger, I guess. I guess it can be up to eight yep. if you get the uh, the seat option, uh, the middle seat option. And but, skinny, and skinny um, people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, it, and it's... it's pretty sizable so you know you can pack a lot of gear in it which is great but um, one of the nice things about this and, and most of the Subarus going forward is that the roof racks are going to be rated to specifically for a tent and that before I mean people would put them on and people would put a rooftop tent on when those kind of started to come around but they weren't really rated for them but they actually did a lot of work to these things to make sure that the roof racks are you know, able to you know withstand the weight of a tent, people in it, and then you know the weight of the thing when it's on the road too, because it catches some wind. Hmm.
0: Um,
2: but it's it's a, it's a pretty cool, I mean it's a really amazing little package because it folds flat. It folds to I think the I think it's six inches tall, so okay. it's like a six inch rectangle on top of the on top of the roof with a cover on it. You peel the cover off, and there's a ladder that's attached to it. You attach you, you attach the ladder to it, you pull it out, and that tent is set up. So it's like all of the you know people were asking me it was kind of a it was kind of a tourist attraction as we as we you know were using the thing because people were walking by saying, geez, you know what's that what's that tent all about?" And immediately the advantage that you see is how quickly the thing sets up. I mean, you're just you can be in it in the dark in five minutes. Which you just can't do with a with a, a conventional tent. You know, they're they're a pain in the neck to set up and, and this thing was just so easy, it just unfolds and kind of a almost like an accordion just kinda of comes out. Um and so it was great. It has an internal mattress inside it, uh so you don't have to bring, you know, sleeping pads and all that kind of stuff. And it keeps you off the ground, which is nice, especially if you run into bad weather. So so I mean and you know snakes. I, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and you know, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, y- y- it looks like a novelty, but there's actually some pretty significant advantages to it.
1: How did you find the uh, the unit itself, as far as construction quality and all of that? Uh, do you think it will hold up to years of camping?
2: Yeah. So so the 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 two. So it basically sits on two halves uh, that are like. I, I don't know what the exact dimension is, but say it's four by four, right? Okay. So it's, it's like a, like a four by four rectangle. And that's, uh, uh, like a polycarbonate, like probably, I don't know, I'd say a quarter to, you know, five eighths of an inch thick. So that's it. And it's like a closed, it's like a uh, honeycomb material. So mm-hmm. that's really strong. That's the floor. And then, the, the, you know, around the perimeter of it is all, you know, it's all aluminum. So it's, it's a pretty heavy duty deal. And then all of the canvas is, you know, it's not canvas, it's, uh, yeah. it's nylon. It's, it's, as, it's, as, you know, it's as heavy duty as any tent would be. And then all, you know, that material is replaceable too. So if you get a hole in it or whatever, you know, you can, you can replace that stuff, but it's, you know, it's, it's a, it looks really durable to me. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, I guess, the, you know, the only, the only disadvantage to it over, over a conventional tent is when you take it off, you got to store that thing somewhere. My guess is that most people have a garage that they can slip a, you know, a six inch box into somewhere. Uh, you know, you just got to stand it up and slide it up against a wall or something. And, uh, uh but it, it, you know, it's, it, it's pretty easy to assemble. It's pretty easy to attach to the tent or to the, uh, to the vehicle. Um, we posted a Subaru, uh, drive posted a video too, of, of how it sets up, how it actually goes on the car. And you know, you got crossbars that, that, uh, attach to the, uh, to the roof from Thule. And then this thing attaches to those. I think uh, to Pooley, the tent manufacturer is owned by uh Thule at this point, the manufacturer of all those rooftop boxes and bicycle racks and all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, the, the the names the names sound weirdly similar I suppose when you say it. So probably. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think they have some relationship, but they were great. I mean, they, you know, they they the, the thing comes in a you know, it, it comes in a giant box and basically the thing just picks up and puts right again and just sets on the roof, you know.
1: Yeah, it's but not, Yeah,
2: the, I I the, thought the construction was pretty amazing.
3: Yeah.
1: And the idea and uh, you and I were kind of talking about this during the week. Uh, I Years ago, my wife and I used to go camping. And we had an old Winnebago, and having an old Winnebago is like having an old car that breaks down and having an old house that breaks down. So it was, so it was sort of like it was sort of like oh the uh, the flapper valve and the toilets leaking and the uh, float and the carburetor is bad, you know. So there was, always, yeah, there was always there was always something wrong. But one one night we went to a campground and there was a younger couple, and they were setting up. They had. It looked like a brand new tent, brand new sleeping bags, brand new everything, and it was dark and it was starting to rain, and yeah. all of a sudden they started like swearing at each other. Next thing you know, all the stuff was back in the car and they drove away. So that's a, that's yeah. a
2: recipe for a bad vacation, yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, like, like that, that was the cool thing was like we we showed up at you know four o'clock in the afternoon, and I figured well all right I'm gonna have to dig the instructions out and figure this thing out, but it was so. Kind of self-explanatory that um, you know it's, it's almost like getting an iPhone. You know, there's like a one-sheet direction in yeah. there. Like, <laughs> hey, right, you're on your own. You can figure it out. And uh, that 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 was exactly the way it was. I mean, we we just you know we had the thing up in, in, in seconds. And you know, so my son and I, my son's ten. Uh, we had our you know sleeping bags inside it, and there was there there was legitimately room for another person in there. I think I think it is you know a three-person deal. And, and they have, I believe they have a bigger one, but it's not, this one's called the low pro. So that's the, that's the six inch when it's folded. So, you know, if you got a bigger one, it would sit a little bit higher and, you know, on the road, you know, at 70 miles, 65, 70 miles an hour, it was, you know, it it was noiseless, which was pretty amazing because it's a, it's a box up there, you know? So we had the, we had the, we didn't have the sunroof open, but we had the shade open. And you couldn't hear it flapping around up there. And, you know, it, it was, uh, we got the same fuel mileage that we would have if it was empty, you know, if it wasn't on the roof. And, and then we had all that cargo space that we could, you know, put coolers in and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So it just, you know, it saves you some cargo space, uh, you know, as you're going up there. The other thing that, that we noticed was when you camp in a tent, you're always dragging dirt and pine needles and all kinds of stuff in with you. And where this thing is up, you know, four and a half, five feet, you, you, by the time you've climbed up into it on the ladder, all of that stuff is kind of falling off your shoes. So you, you get in the thing and it, and it keeps it really, really clean inside. So that was, that was kind of nice too. And then, you know, the, the conversations with all the people coming by was great too. And people were kind of fascinated by the thing.
1: Yeah and the idea that it can set up pretty easy and you can kind of go dry camping if you will so you could yeah. you know find a little spot to go off the road and not have to worry about you know, maybe the bears eating you. Know, I don't know, but um, right. But, yeah, but I, I think mean, I, I think
2: bears can. I, I believe a bear can climb a ladder, John. Yeah, I, I do believe that. <laughs> I true.
1: think I, I think I saw that. You know, when when animals used to be at circuses. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, so you know, may, maybe keep some of the critters away and and uh, right. and other things. But yeah, uh, but the idea that you can do that pretty easy. And Dennis has got a buddy that uh, kind of travels the country in a converted ram. Uh, van, and uh, but does the same thing. So all of a sudden now you can go out and you can find those great views of you know the sunset or the sunrise and you know yep. the, and it makes it. It sounds like it makes it a lot easier and and certainly a lot quicker if you decide. Oh, you know, I'm going to set up here and oh, I have to change my mind or whatever. It just sound. It sounds like a good thing.
2: Where can people? Well, the idea. The idea with the ascent too is that you know it's it's got you know, some, it's it's got some substantial off-road capability, right? So Mm -hmm. it it comes with the the dual mode X mode, which will get you a lot further into the, you know, it's not, it's not a Jeep, but it'll get you pretty far out in the woods. Mm -hmm. And you you know, and, and some of the features on that, like that, uh, the, the, uh, hill descent is, is you've experienced this. It's, it's pretty amazing what, what that'll do. It's like, it's like off-road cruise control, so as you're, you know, you're coming down a hill, it'll, it'll actually regulate your speed so that you can kind of keep your feet off the, off the pedals yep. and just steer around obstacles. And, and, I mean, I was amazed at how well this thing handled, you know, stuff that I wouldn't have, I, I mean, I wouldn't have attacked this stuff on my own at all in this vehicle unless mm. somebody from Subaru had told me to. And it was amazing how, how well it would handle that stuff. So the ability to do that and get out there, and then be able to camp out there, I think is I think is fantastic.
1: Yeah, and the idea that it didn't change the fuel economy because the old, no. you know, kind of the old rule with cargo boxes. Now the tooley boxes are a lot more aerodynamic. But you know, you put a regular cargo cargo box on the roof of a SUV, and all of a sudden your mileage, which isn't great to start off with, maybe goes from 20 to 16 or 20 to 15. And the idea that you know this didn't change it at all, and you yeah. have all that versatility, and like you said, you can you can put. All the rest of your stuff, your coolers and food, and you know yes. your fishing rods or whatever you're going to bring along with you, you can put them all put them all in the back and and use the space. And I have yet to drive the Ascent, by the way, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, and it. But I know all of the reports show it to be, uh, like you said, a pretty pretty kind of year-round versatile vehicle that now can actually seat, you know, more than five. So.
2: Yeah, and, it, you know, it's kind of amazing that, that like, you know, the, all that, the, the idea before was like, oh, if you're going to have a 7000 passenger vehicle, you got to have, at a minimum, you've got to have a big V6 or you've got to have a V8, and this thing is running around with a, a you know, a 2.5-liter four-cylinder with a turbo in it, and, I mean, you it does not lack for power mm. at all, uh, even towing. I mean, I, 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 when I went to the press launch, I, I, towed, a, I towed a small Airstream with it, and it's it's amazing, you know. It, it, this is a four thousand pound trailer, and it's all in this thing behind it, like it's got nothing back there. I mean, I'm sure with that, you know, you're gonna see some fuel mileage yeah. decrease, but, but not with this tent. I mean, it was it was uh, it was pretty great. It was pretty uh, great, and okay. my son was just over the moon for the thing. He just loved it.
1: How how you know, and that and that's one of the things too. Um, you know, back when you used to work at Hemmings, uh, one of the things that that uh, you know Terry Eric when he When he was up at Hemmings, you know, he he was always trying to promote things like bring bring your kid to a car show kind of thing. And the idea that you can have like this bonding time with your kid um, going camping and likes the idea that, you know, hey, this is a pretty good experience.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. You know, the 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 people from from Subaru Drive the magazine, you know, had had asked me to do this, so it was like, okay, you know, I'll I'll do this with my son. And I was, I I I had my concerns about how fun it was going to be, and I'll tell you, it was the best thing we did all summer. It was just, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, he had a great time. Uh, it was just, uh, it was a real adventure and, and I would encourage anybody to do it. It, it was just, uh, just a blast. And we used, uh, Wisconsin's state park system out there, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's right on Lake Michigan. Uh, it was this, uh, Kohler Andre state park and it had you know a ton of history to it. And, and being a kid from new England, I, I'm not I'm really unfamiliar with the Midwest. Uh, in 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 the Great Lakes, and I'll tell you, it's one of the most impressive things I've I've ever seen. Uh, that lake is amazing, absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah it sounds it sounds like a real good adventure. The real question is, would Lisa have gone with you?
2: You know, I think she would have. I think she would have. You know, but but uh, I, I may have some convincing to do. Yeah. I may.
1: <laughs> maybe she's more the Airstream type.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, exactly, exactly. If I can get, maybe we can get a trail and a toe behind it. Maybe we'll do that.
1: Yeah, there they, they you go. It, it sounds good. Where can people read more about this or see more about this? Uh, any social channels besides uh, sure. your pages?
2: Yeah, it's it's on uh, SubaruDrive.com. It's right on the homepage. Okay. Uh, so you, you cannot miss my bearded face on, <laughs> uh, on Subaru Drive right now. And,
1: and speaking of which, uh, you and I went out to... Uh, uh, out to the middle of our state, where we went out to uh, Whiskey Hill uh, Racetrack, I guess is one, one of the yep. one of the names of it out there, and uh, and you stumbled across another Subaru family while you're out there, a, a guy and his daughter that uh, went out and uh, they were racing their uh, WRX, right?
2: Yeah, we're we're putting them in Subaru Drive Performance. uh, This next issue that we're working on right now. This uh, uh, he was he's uh, this guy Joel was a a service manager at a dealership up in Auburn, Maine, and his daughter is uh, she's in her twenties and she's a sales rep at this dealership. And they wanted to do some. She wanted to learn how to race. So he took her for a track day, some instruction uh, at the, at the school there. I think it was 600 bucks for the day, and she got seat time with an instructor and got plenty of time behind the wheel. Uh, so we're going to feature them in the magazine coming up. Yeah, it was a WRX that they uh, they have labeled up from the dealership.
1: Yeah, and that and that track that track on its own was a uh, pretty impressive tracking. You see how it's how it started to mature a little bit over the years too, which is pretty cool.
2: It's it's a world class facility out there. I mean, track wise, it's not you know it's not a place where you go for tons of amenities, but that track is just unbelievable. They had, uh, they and had, a, it's they had a barbecue truck. They did. They had a barbecue <laughs> truck, and and there are there are uh, restroom facilities yeah. there. But you know, it's this isn't some place that you go to get pampered. You know, this is a, a real racetrack, and uh, I I loved it. I I thought it was uh, it was absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, it was it it was it was a Interesting time out there, and uh, I had the uh, I had the owner of the track on about a month ago, and just the idea how they're trying to put this together and and try to position it as sort of a you know a country club for people that don't play golf, but not right, but, but something that's you know to a lot of people kind of affordable. I mean, different than Monticello, yeah. different than Monticello, where you have to like remortgage your house. I mean, it's not right. cheap, but it's you could you could make no. a, a working person could make it happen.
2: Well, when they, when we talked about what the what the, the buy-in was, it was like, geez, you know that. I mean, that's not that's not ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can see you can see that as an expense. And the nice thing is that unlike a golf membership, you can sell the thing.
0: Yeah.
2: So so it, I mean, it has value, and it could have potentially more value than it, than you have in it right now, which is. I, I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. You can pass that thing along to family members. You own it, and and uh, that to me makes it completely unique. Yeah, Uh, and it's not like a sunk cost that you're never going to see a return on.
1: Yeah, it's like it's not like a golf course where oh, you got to pay a fifty thousand dollar initiation fee that you're never going to get the fifty grand back. It's just and then they're going to whack
2: you for ten grand every year, right? You know, so so to me, it's it's this thing is. I, I mean, I. If if I was more of a motorsports competitor guy, I would seriously consider it.
0: Yeah,
1: no, no, absolutely. And uh, the other place that we uh, that we see you and sometimes me is in Best Ride.
2: Correct. Uh, bestride.com. Uh, we post every day, so uh, hit the Facebook page and you'll get well updated. So it's it's uh, at mybestride.com. Yep,
1: yeah, and uh, and you can see uh, DIY with the car doctor, and you you do some uh, unique stuff to my questions. I send you.
2: I do. You always <laughs> post a question, and I always try to find a way to make fun of you.
1: Yeah, well then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think I think you've called me a legendary cheapskate. Uh, that, yeah.
0: that is the truth. It's not a lie. That is it's truth. not a lie. <laughs> no, it isn't, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: That's my favorite part of the day when yeah. I get an, an opportunity to throw you under the bus. Well,
1: I, I think I think you have a couple pending, so feel feel free, I do, yeah. feel free to be creative.
2: We will hit those next week,
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, and and so uh, people can people can uh, see see your stuff in uh, on on Gatehouse's uh, site, Best Ride, and yep. also uh, the, the Subaru Subaru stuff. They can find you. Just Google your name; you come up with all kinds of stuff in all kinds of places. So,
2: correct. And my and band's playing at a car show next week. Really? Where the we're in we're in Rentham. Uh We're at uh, the the Red Devils Car Club has a uh, Car show on saturday and rent them at i think it's at the vfw um uh you toot can check a, our, our beer. Facebook page. Some, yeah beer I, VFW, you know yeah. i would imagine you would be <laughs> able to drink beer at this thing too which is which is great for our audience so, we'll be there all day <laughs> yeah so
1: you're, you're seriously going to be there all day yeah yeah we'll, we'll be there yeah. 11 to 11 to 3 i think wow well, that's um, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, it is it still is car show season. It's kind of winded down a little bit, but I know here in the city of Quincy, Quincy High School's got a car show next weekend. Next weekend. And so there, it is car show season. So if you're if you have uh, if you have an old car, you like to look at old cars. You like to look at and now I guess because of my advanced age, um, the old cars don't look so old anymore because I'm starting no. to see. Yeah, I'm starting to see like, oh look. Uh, uh, a Camaro with an antique plate on it just seems wrong to me somehow.
2: <laughs> well, you know, you know these guys, this this car club has been around the area here since like 1956. They're they're a, a, like a legit uh 50s car club and they, they've kind of maintained this 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 uh activity for years. So I'm really psyched to see the stuff that's that's going to come out for this. These guys uh, drag some stuff out of the woodwork that's pretty amazing. So, it's going to be a fun time.
1: Is this going to be regardless all, of who's playing? Yeah. Is this going to be all of the Sonomatics or? Uh... Yes. Yeah. Wow. All, four of us. Oh wow. Yeah, the whole band. The whole band. Yeah. That's yep. fanta- that's fantastic. Uh yeah. Do, do you, does the uh, Sonomatics have their own YouTube channel yet or anything?
2: We do, yeah. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook page, uh, The Sonomatics with two E's, oh. T-H-E-E Sonomatics, And, right. uh, yeah, come, come see us there.
1: All right. One, one more question I have to ask you. What is that special sauce they put on the roast beef subs up in the North Shore?
2: Oh, that is uh, uh, James River. James River that sauce. James River sauce, and it's, and it's uh, unique to this region. Uh, those roast beef sandwiches are amazing up there. I and, grew up on those at Bill and Bob's
1: and, and the when only this, yeah the only reason I asked this because you posted something on Facebook today about you discovered North Shore beef
2: <laughs> I'm telling you that site, that Facebook group is insane I or I, I but with anybody stay away from the page because it's 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 insulting and revolting but it's really funny those yeah. guys are so funny yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah I discovered them about three months ago and and yeah it's their... Yeah, they're they're hysterical. And if you make the mistake of like putting a D'Angelo sub up as a picture, they'll they'll, <laughs> oh, come, get they'll come and hunt you down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
2: know, I know, it's un- yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's so I, funny. Yeah, but
1: I, I was wondering what the I was wondering what the special sauce was. I, I, that uh, is
2: James River sauce. You can buy it by the gallon, uh, you know, from food suppliers. But it, it's it's uh, it's unique to these sandwiches up on the North Shore. And to me, the three way. With uh, mayo, James River sauce, and cheese is the way to go.
1: Sounds sounds about right to me. All right, all right. Hey, Craig, thanks for uh, taking a little time out of your Saturday and uh, joining us here.
2: Not a problem, John. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, all right. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.
1: So we've covered roast beef sandwiches. We've covered Subarus. We've covered roof camping. We've covered car shows. we've covered car shows. We've covered racetracks, covered a lot of stuff so far this morning, and it's and uh, it's uh, and that's only in the first 30 minutes. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills when we come back? I have a car review to talk about. I have a trivia question, um, and we have a, a few minutes with uh, Brad Yeager from uh, Lincoln. So we got all kinds of stuff to do. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston us hey. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. And you know, that music is a good lead-in for a car review. Almost seems like it fits.
3: Hey, what do you know about that?
1: Yeah. Well, that's because you couldn't, because you don't know anymore. It's that's random. right. It's yeah. very true. Because <laughs> if you were able to, you probably could have brought up the Sonomatics. Absolutely. that's yeah. there.
3: We just don't know where. There. yeah <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the Saundermatics, by the way, in case you're going to the Red Devil's Car Show uh, next week and see the Saundermatics, uh, envision a combination of surf guitar and rockabilly. I think that's probably a good combination of stuff. Yeah, I would stuff. say that. Yeah. 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 And uh, Craig doesn't give himself enough credit. He says he's a crappy guitar player, but he's actually a pretty good guitar player. But he likes vintage stuff, so he has a vintage amp, has a vintage car. Um, he's he's a much older person than his age actually is.
3: Yeah, he's like my age, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. But but even then, even not... even even when he was twenty five or thirty, he was seventy. He just he likes he likes a certain culture. So and uh, and he does look like a lumberjack he with does. the beard. With the beard, yeah. But um, and he's and oddly. As he's gotten older, he's got healthier. He like runs. He does like five k's and ten k's and
3: that mortali- mortali- I can't say it right. I can't speak today. I don't know All what's right. going on. Um, the mortality clock is ticking. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to run. Different people do different things. I play basketball. <laughs> there you go. Even though I shouldn't because there, of my knees. There you go. All right. Uh, anyway. Uh,
1: want to talk about the car that got me around for a little bit last week, and that is the Honda Civic. Uh, the Honda Civic is actually a kind of confusing car in its kind of. It comes in eight trim levels, from the basic LX to the high-performance Type R, which I was behind in traffic for about an hour yesterday. I was um,
3: up in Medford. <laughs> Oh, you had to come back in that that traffic at the. Uh,
1: uh, well, actually, my Google app sent me uh, out on Route Two to One Twenty Eight, oh. so which was actually better.
3: Uh, it's sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I know you want to get to yeah. this, but I, Libby and I went down to Dedham after dinner last night yep. at six thirty, quarter seven. We we're all heading south. Yeah. The. The traffic coming back, it was thousands of cars of going nowhere. I'm like, oh.
1: Yeah, it was, it was the traffic. And, and it's funny. We put out a report at work. Statistically, Boston commuters are spending two more minutes per day in traffic. I'm like, two minutes? They're spending two more hours per day. And Boston traffic is
3: awful. It's terrible.
1: Yeah, yesterday when I went to Medford, by the way, I was at the Medford Council on Aging. Very nice building, by the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, right outside of Medford Square where I drove around but didn't stop. I wanted to, but something about parking meters and stuff. But um, it was, uh, I talked about autonomous vehicles with a nice group of people up there and also talked about all kinds of stuff, autonomous vehicles, electric cars. They were very, they had a lot of questions and which is always nice, so. Thank you to the people from the uh, Medford COA for inviting me, and they're actually inviting me back again, uh, because one of the options for people as they don't want to drive anymore is um, Uber and Lyft. And we've actually put a program, and I'm going to say we, it wasn't me, it was a woman I work with who's smarter than me and you know comes up with these things, but she put a program together to try to teach people how to uh, do Uber and Lyft, and we call it Uber easy to get a lift.
3: Oh dear lord! Uh, she,
1: yeah, she. It's 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 clever. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, that, that She clever. went to she went to Emerson for marketing. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it was. Um, we also do an, we also do another one about uh, uh, marijuana awareness for kids. Shifting gears, the blunt truth about marijuana. Oh my goodness! <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Uh, again, marketing people, you hey, know. That's, that's, what it th- yeah, that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, that's what they do. So, uh, But anyway, uh, so they invited me back to try to show people how to do Uber and Lyft. And uh, I happen to prefer Lyft over Uber. That's just me. I think they they do a little bit more with their drivers as far as screening them and stuff. And I think as far as um, accuracy of the app, depends where you are. I think the uh, Lyft app works a little bit better. But just... Everybody has their preference, but I think we were Johnny Costello was in here, and Johnny works a couple nights a week at uh, Bates Bar and Grill down in Weymouth, and uh, I said a lot of people take Uber, and he said, yep, and he says he'll call people, he'll 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 say to people, hey, let me uh, give me your phone, I'll set up, I'll we'll do uh, Uber and Lyft now to get you out of here, because you know. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea yeah, a one driver. too many yeah it can happen so and he and he said you know he, not on his watch he's not going to overserve anybody and when a group comes in he goes which one of you which one of you is the designated driver so uh, so he's a conscientious uh, bartender I was trying to think what the, the Irish term is for bartender I think it's like landlord or something no something idea. it's a weird thing but anyway um Back to the car review. car review. Back to the car review. And again, the uh, the Civic is a little bit confusing because of the amount of different vehicles uh, or different models it comes in from the basic LX to the high-performance Type R. Body styles include a coupe, a four-door sedan, a four-door hatchback a six-speed manual, or an automatic transmission. There's two engines, a 2-liter and a 1.5-liter, depending on the tuning. The engines develop anywhere from 158 horsepower to 295 horsepower in the Type R. Our road test was in the Touring model with an automatic transmission, a 1.5-liter turbocharged engine. It produced 174 horsepower. The interior of the Civic is very comfortable. The seats were supportive. There's plenty of head and leg room. Even with the sunroof, taller drivers should have plenty of room, even you. Really?
3: Yep, I think so. In
1: a Civic? In a Civic. Um, This is one of the few vehicles I've driven lately that had a power passenger seat. I've been in all kinds of middle-priced cars, and always the passenger seat's a manual seat. Even in some of the expensive cars, the passenger seat's a manual seat. And this one, the passenger seat was a power seat. That being said, to be perfectly honest, I'm okay with manual seats because put them in one spot, leave them there— uh, the, uh, and they
3: adjust a lot faster.
1: Uh, yeah, and the uh, for instance, the new Lincoln Aviator has the same seats in it, or the, the optional seat, I guess, that you can get in the Lincoln Continental. Twenty-two adjustments. That's too many. That's I I can't I can't make up my mind that much to come up with twenty-two adjustments. It's just too many. And the good thing is, once you find the perfect spot. I guess you hit the memory button, so it's always the perfect spot, but 22 adjustments. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Um, The controls are generally well thought out with the exception of the radio, which is a little too dependent on the touchscreen and slow to respond to commands. It doesn't have a tuning knob. Finally, they put a volume knob back in. For a while, it didn't have a volume knob. It had the button on the steering wheel, but you go to reach over, and if you want to change the radio station, which I do a lot, it's like... A knob wouldn't make it. Now you have to look for the thing, little scroll button on the touch screen. It's just annoying. Put a knob in. Make it easy. Do they have voice commands? Yeah, uh, not. They, it had voice command in it, but it was more. It was seemed to be more focused around the phone.
3: Okay, so, so you can't say like in yeah. my car where you can say tune yeah. to 98.5 right. FM. Right. Um, right. Sure. Or sorry, 9:50 a.m.
1: Yeah, tune to, 9, tune to 9.50 a.m. WROL on Saturdays and Sundays. Rest of the week, it's up to you. Saturdays, Sundays, this is where you need to be. So, um, so that was kind of one of the things. Would, I thought the interior quality was, uh, you know, probably not the best in this class, but I thought pretty good. Um, it seems to uh, have eliminated a little bit more plastic. So, uh, it was a little plasticky in previous models. Seems like they've moved it a little bit more upscale. Um, The Honda Sensing Suite, Honda's advanced driver uh, assistance systems, now standard across the lineup, includes automatic emergency braking with collision mitigation, lane departure warning, lane correction. As good as these systems are, they're they're not perfect. They don't replace a fully engaged driver like your Nissan with uh, ProPilot Assist. You still got to pay attention. So... Um, the rear seat, you can put two people in there. I have my neighbors in, from the Cape sitting in the back. They were comfortable enough, I guess. Didn't say they weren't. Uh, trunks also a pretty good size at 15 cubic feet. That's uh, more groceries than I could eat if I filled it full of groceries. Um, certainly a weekend's worth of luggage would easily fit in there. Test model uh, was also equipped with remote uh, and keyless startings, so... One of my coworkers said, "Why do you what's the big deal put a key in the ignition?
3: What's the big deal? He has it in both his vehicles now. He will never go back." He, I, I I agree. It, yeah. I, it's weird when I get into my wife's Camry and you have to use, use a, key. a key. I'm yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, this is bizarre." And
1: for security purposes or, you know, or you know, when you're carrying your pocketbook, for instance, your keys at the bottom of your purse you walk up the car knows it's there you don't have to go fishing around for a key a little bit safer that way too if you're trying to get in and out of your car a little bit quicker so kind of a nice thing so um yeah the uh the engine like i said is about 174 horsepower sometimes it's called 180 and i don't know why but uh but it um this car had the cvt transmission with paddle shifters to kind of give you a feel of more control um you know I thought the CVT in this was pretty good. Uh, I didn't feel like it hung up. Like sometimes you'll step on the gas, will be like, hmm, and your car has a CVT in it. Um, I thought this one was pretty good. Paddle shifters, I guess I just don't drive aggressively enough to want to pretend I'm shifting and being a Formula One driver. Um, I just leave it and drive and drive it. And I found this was just fine for that. Uh, there was an Econ mode to maximize fuel economy when the Econ button is depressed. Um, it shifts a little bit different. The gas pedal is a little bit different. Um, you maximize fuel economy. I didn't notice a huge thing. It also it also tinkers with the climate control so the AC doesn't run as often to try to maximize fuel economy. Um, I did get about 36 miles per gallon with it, which is pretty good. Um and, uh, and that was in a mix of highway and city driving, so not bad for that. Um, the ride a little bit firm, a little bit of road and tire noise when you're driving it. A little bit, a little noisy, uh, but not, but not terrible. Um, all of that st- stiffness and tire noise. It handles like a sports sedan. It really does handle well. I have to admit it. So uh, again, uh, plenty power points. You can plug in your phone, your whatever else people plug in. I was going to say iPods, but nobody has an iPod anymore. I do because I'm a legendary cheapskate.
3: That's right.
1: <laughs> actually, it's actually, it's in it's in the Volkswagen and it's hooked up all the time and you know it just sits there and. Works so the Honda Civic may not be the best performing or have the nicest interior in the compact car class, but there is probably no better combination of overall quality and resale value. If you're looking for a compact car that's comfortable, dependable, and returns great fuel economy, the Civic by Honda is a great choice. Crash test, uh, five stars. Fuel economy, 32 city, 42 on the highway. And like I said, I averaged kind of a mix of about 35 36. Base price, st- they start about 20 grand, so pretty good car. Like I said, we had the opportunity to talk with uh, Brad Yeager from Lincoln. Brad Yeager is the aviation brand manager. And my question to him was, tell us about the Aviator and is it all new?
4: It's, it's phenomenal. It's what we're calling the, the, the truest expression of quiet flight, which is where Lincoln is going as a brand. Um, you know, really, the, the two things that we, that we want to highlight with, uh, with Lincoln and with Aviator are the, the effortless comfort in this beautiful sanctuary of the interior that we're delivering, combined with this luxury performance. And we're really taking Aviator um, to, to try to redefine what performance means for Lincoln. Uh, it hasn't really been a part of Lincoln's brand for a while. Uh, and when we're looking at luxury performance, it's not necessarily around 0 to 60 times. It's not around track times, uh, let's say the It It's about giving the drivers the confidence when they're behind the wheel that they can do whatever they need to do. They can merge the traffic. They can, uh, you know, what we call passing acceleration. So those are the, the two key elements of Aviator, really, looking at the luxury performance and this effortless comfort.
1: And it's funny, it's funny you say that because it almost, because I'm old, it almost goes back to an old Lincoln commercial from, like, the 60s where it was quiet comfort. And, you know, they used to talk about it almost as, you know, you're, you're inside a studio. It's quiet. and, it's, yeah. and it's, But it's personal at the same time. And when I look at that, I see kind of a personal luxury SUV.
4: Absolutely, and we've done so much for from an NVH standpoint to to reduce uh, the noise, make sure that you do have that that quiet element inside the vehicle. We have a dual wall dash, we have acoustic laminated glass, uh, so a lot that's done to To make sure that the clients have an enjoyable, quiet experience. Um, but in addition to that, it's working with the design team. The the interior design, uh, they've done a lot to emphasize the horizontal, uh, to really bring a sense of calm, declutter the uh, the middle section of the center console, uh, make it, you know, giving people too, too many buttons, too many options, it can distract them. So they've done a lot as far as layout from an HMI perspective, as well as the, the design elements to really bring that sense of calm inside. It It does really
1: look like it was a classic design I, I haven't spent a lot of time in it yet but it really looks like it was it's a it's a vehicle now that I think in 10 years will still look current and that is not the case with a lot of new vehicles when they come to market you look at it and you go yeah that's good but what's it gonna look like when it starts to age And this looks like a vehicle that's gonna age well too
4: Oh, that, that's great to hear and uh, uh, you know it's not just aviator it's it's the Lincoln lineup uh, we started the uh, interior transformation with Continental, and then moving to Lincoln Navigator, um, you'll see a lot of similar elements between the Navigator and what we have here with Aviator. Obviously, with uh, with touches specifically for Aviator, we've leaned into uh, to, to flight from an inspiration. In fact, our, um, our highest uh, uh, series, the Aviator Black Label, does come with its own theme called flight that uses engine turned aluminum, um, as well as luggage tan, really just playing into uh, the early days of travel and flight.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, 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 I really kind of get that impression. And I hope you took the seats out of a Continental and put them in this because they have to be the most comfortable seats I've ever sat on.
4: So we do. Uh, we do have the perfect position 30-way seats. And uh, in addition, we have actually improved the massage functionality over what we had in Navigator. Uh, so similar to Continental, uh, improved for Navigator, improved once again for Aviator. So we have five different massage patterns, three different levels of intensity for each one. Um, but if you don't want the luxury package, don't want to go that high, uh, we still have incredibly comfortable seats uh, with the 12-way adjustable seats starting with the Aviator Reserve.
1: It, it was interesting. I, as you know, I was just doing a radio interview, and uh, the guy I was talking to drives an Escalade. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, back in 2004 or five, I drove a Navigator, and I, was, I think I'm more of a Cadillac guy than a, than a Lincoln guy. He said, because I always felt like the Lincoln was a gussied-up Ford. I don't see that here. I see this as a as a very unique vehicle. With like you said, this is a this is a personal luxury sort of vehicle that sets it apart a little bit different.
4: Yeah, there's um, our engineering team did a phenomenal job. Obviously, working with the Explorer team, they were developing a brand new architecture from the ground up. But but the fact that they incorporated Lincoln from the very beginning meant that we could do things that we haven't had the opportunity to to do in the past. So even you know, what you see is differentiated, but even under the hood, you know, we have a, a short long arm suspension, whereas all the Explorers are McPherson strut. So we've even gone to the uh, point of differentiating the the suspension to give our customers what they need when driving. Uh, but beyond that, from from the surfaces, all the exterior surfaces you see are unique to Aviator. Uh, they're not the same uh, with Explore. Um, and, and uh, a majority of the interior services are all unique. I think you know well over 90 percent of the the interior services what you see are Lincoln specific. And we need to know what makes it go? What do we have for engines? Yeah so uh, standard with the Aviator comes a twin turbocharged three liter v6. It uh, puts out 400 horsepower and 415 pound feet of dork. So for all the the starting entry level powertrains that'll be best in class uh, performance. When you move up uh, we have the Aviator Grand Touring which is a hybrid powertrain Uh, It adds uh, almost 100 horsepower to get to 494 horsepower and over 200 pound feet of torque to get to 630 total pound feet of torque. So um, it really, really executing on that gliding tenant that, that, that is, is true and so important to Lincoln, uh, making sure that you have effortless acceleration, the vehicle does what you want.
1: Well, I think if it's got 600 foot-pounds of torque, there's effortless acceleration, yeah.
4: <laughs> yes, that was, that was the goal and I think we achieved it. <laughs> yeah, it's, certainly that's the case. Um,
1: when does it go on sale?
4: So uh, the gas powertrains are on sale right now, so okay. you can buy Aviator, Aviator Reserve, or Aviator Black Label right now at your dealership. Uh, the Grand Touring units we are expecting to go on sale uh, this fall.
1: Okay, and starting price?
4: Starting price uh, fifty-one thousand one hundred.
1: That sounds cheaper than I would have expected.
4: So that's uh, for our, our entry level, uh, you know, aviator to get in. Yep. Uh, once again, best in class uh, performance from the horsepower and torque. Uh, you get a lot for that. Uh, when you move up to the reserve, that's just over uh, fifty six thousand dollars from yep. a starting price.
1: Right, yeah, it's still,
4: and, and that comes with a, a branded Revel fourteen speaker audio system, twelve way uh, power adjustable seats, and uh, uh, wonderful options from there. So. Yeah.
1: No, it, it sounds. And if you put, if you went. Fully loaded as much as you can put in, not the hybrid, but fully loaded as much as you put in. What, what well, so it? so
4: with with the hybrid? So okay. the, the black label Grand Touring Aviator uh, will run right around ninety-two thousand okay. dollars. Right. So, so, so that all in it yep. will get you up to ninety two
0: thousand dollars. So cheaper
1: than a Range Rover. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can,
4: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks for your time.
1: All right, thank you very yeah, much. All right. There we go. Everything you need to know about the new Lincoln Aviator. And uh, looks like a pretty good looking vehicle, although it's interesting. I just read something about um, they had some little some issue they're correcting with software. So
3: and it's all hey, can it can it go and can it stop and do the airbags work right?
1: Yes. although the story I read didn't seem like it had a lot of uh, verification of things. So I was like, oh, I'm not so sure about this whole story, but anyway, okay. We haven't, we haven't really tried to promote getting any phone calls yet this morning. No, but let's try to let's try to do a little trivia. And this is a
0: uh,
1: this is a weird trivia question. I'll be perfectly honest. This is a weird trivia question. Oh boy! Oh boy! Lee Iacocca was responsible for the Ford Mustang, saving Chrysler with the minivan. He also said, "Safety doesn't sell." But, what product did Lee Iacocca back that had nothing to do with cars? What was the product that Lee Iacocca backed, which is still available today, by the way, that had nothing to do with cars? And if you have a good memory, you'll remember the commercial. Probably should have found it on YouTube just to be just to play it or something. And the phone number is? 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. The question is, Lee Iacocca was responsible for the Ford Mustang, certainly, um, saving Chrysler with uh, going to the government and getting $1 million. I think that's all they got. It It was some... It was some not a lot of, you know, sounded like a lot back then, but it, I don't think it was really a lot. And they, he saved him. He, he did. He did. And the minivan the minivan, and the K cars and all that stuff uh, actually worked. But what product did Lee Iacocca back that had nothing to do with cars? You know the answer. Give us a call at 617-770-3030. Or if you just have a question about your car, give us a, a call at 617 770 Thirty thirty, and we will uh, we will uh, give you something. I don't know what it will be exactly. It might be a. Uh, uh, I'm going to call it for want of a better word. I'm going to call it a AAA gift pack, which means I go into the closet and try to uh, try to steal stuff from the closet. So, appropriate. No, not no, no. I actually just. So you might get. Uh, I don't know a AAA koozies, a drink cup, uh, I don't know a tire gauge. Uh, AAA hand sanitizer Chapstick I don't know Whatever's in the closet I might try to I might try to come up with So Let's start with uh, Mike in Revere Or Revere Beach technically
0: Michael Yes, good morning God, Good morning How are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad, thank you I believe missed Mr. Coca back The product called Olio. And what was it? It was like a, a Madrone spread. Yeah, you're
1: absolutely right. It Thank was. Uh, he uh, backed this product, and he uh, he made a push to expand the product line and uh, bring its not butter, better message uh, to the kitchens nationwide. And it was actually cool. it was actually a Boston-based company. Uh, That he was somehow, it was like his sister in law or son in law or something. something something. Yep. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. It, it, uh, yeah. It, and it's still, you can still go buy it today if you really wanted to. I I believe it is available. Yeah. And that, and the only, the only reason I know that I was over my, uh, brother-in-law's house, and I had a piece of toast, and it was sitting there, and I looked and I said, I'm pretty <laughs> sure this stuff was th- was made by Lee Iacocca, and, and I flipped it upside down, and on the bottom of it, it said the Iacocca Foundation has donated uh, $50 million to Diabetic Research.
0: Okay. So, you oh, see, so well, it's, good, it? yeah,
1: so I'll tell you what, stay right there, Dennis, will get your uh, your address, and we'll mail you out some uh, phenomenal prize. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. This is your program every week. Thank Thank you very much.
5: Okay.
1: All right. Dennis will take care of that. I'll do whatever I do, and uh, we'll go from there. There was an article that was written in Automotive News, and it says there's been much hand-wringing about the threat of autonomous vehicles posed to new vehicle sales in the coming years, but those concerns are overblown, says an executive with the autonomous subsidiary of Ford Motor Company, which plans to launch self-driving vehicles for commercial use in 2021. The thing that worries me least in the world is decreasing demand for cars, says John Rich, COO of Ford's autonomous vehicles, he told the Telegraph in London, we will exhaust and crush every, we'll, we'll exhaust and crush a car every four years in the business because shared self driving vehicles can be on the road much more than consumers use their personal cars and trucks every day. They'll wear out far sooner. Rich explained, today's vehicles spend most of the day parked, Rich said in a separate interview with TechCrunch, to develop profitable, viable business model for autonomous vehicles, they need to be running almost the entire day. By contrast, the average vehicle in the U.S. is now nearly 12 years old, according to a study by IHS Market. So, to be profitable, uh, autonomous vehicles must be on the go and be used all the time. So, he's saying uh, they, they may only have like a four-year life. So... I don't know. Kind of makes you wonder. There was a, uh, because Dennis has a Nissan, and we talked a little about golf. It says, is putting, if your putting is worse than your driving, either kind, Nissan has just a solution. Nissan last week showed off a second generation of propilot assist system by building similar technology into a golf ball. Yes, into a golf ball. A video shows a four-year-old putting the ball which autonomously navigates navigates across the green into the hole on the first stroke every time. The ball is the latest gimmick created by created to promote Nissan intelligent mobility following autonomous chairs and self-parking slippers. I didn't see the self-parking slippers. Um uh, <laughs> Just cleverly edited video. Nissan invited people to try the ball for themselves at their global headquarters in Japan last week. The automatic said an overhead camera identifies the location of the ball and the hole and calculates the correct route based on the ball's movement after it's hit. An electric motor inside the ball keeps it on the right path until it drops into the cup, creating a stress-free golf experience, said Nissan. Sounds goofy. Sure. Um... We got a call from one of our listeners in Chelsea this week, and he said uh, he was uh, he was disappointed he couldn't come and meet me in Dartmouth. I mean, in Dartmouth, in uh, in, in Medford, um, but he said him and his wife listened to my program, and his wife uh, feels like I'm just a folksy person that hangs around and chit chats with them in the living room, and I want to thank him for that. So. Uh, speaking of Dartmouth, let's talk to Jim in Dartmouth. Jim, good
2: morning. Good morning, car doctor. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, many moons have crossed the sky, pal. I used to talk to him when we lived up there in Quincy. Oh, yeah. And I learned a lot about cars. I learned a lot about everything. And, and we're down here in Dartmouth. It's quiet, nice lawns, plenty of water, everything. The Cape people would love to have. But... <laughs> <laughs> what I want to ask you is, I had an oil change done uh, early week, and I pulled a stick this morning. It was almost, I'd say, three pints over. Is that going to do any damage on the dipstick? Um,
1: I'm I'm a big believer in not overfilling. Um, uh, you know, what I would, what I would do, though, is... Um, You know, first thing in the morning before the car starts, every little drip or drop of oil is going to be in the bottom of the oil pan. So it will look a little over full. What I do is let it run, let it run, get up to, let it it get up to temperature, shut it off, let it sit for 30 seconds or a minute. Then recheck it and see where it is. If you recheck it then and it's right around the full mark, don't worry about it. But if it's uh, still, uh, you know, if it's still a good quart over the full mark, I'd go back and have them drain some out. Thanks so much. All right. Anytime. We're here for you very, every every Saturday. Very much. Very much of luck to you. God all right. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. And I want to thank um, Mike from Revere for having the answer to trivia. So, uh, And if you want to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through. And uh, remember, our uh, Irish friends are going to be in South Boston at the uh, City of Boston Credit Union. Uh, go to... Go hang out with them for a little while, and then you might see them down in Marshfield a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, who knows what kind of shenanigans are going to go on down there. I can only imagine, but you can go, you can go do that. And uh, I think we're going to go to Paul, and then I think Dennis, you know, we probably should try to promote this more often. People can send us Facebook messages or text messages or something, somewhere. We should probably look for that more often, but let's talk to Paul and Braintree. Good morning, Paul.
5: Good morning. Let me turn the radio off. All right. Okay, there we go. Um, I have a question about windshields. Uh, I uh, wonder if they change the composition of them. Uh, I've noticed this is a replacement windshield I have on, on my car now, and it's like little pinpoints um, uh, all through... Uh, the, uh, on, across the windshield. Uh, car is always clean. I change the wipers on, on mm-hmm. a regular basis. Um, but particularly at this time of year with the sun in a certain angle, uh, I'm wondering whether I need to replace the windshield because it, uh, it, it won't come up. I mean, just clear across the windshield. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like it was hit by sand or something. Yeah, like I was going to say, it sounds,
1: it sounds somewhat sandblasted. Which, yeah, which, that's yeah. what I thought.
5: But yeah. um, uh, now, I, as I,
1: I recall, that windshield's not that old, is it?
5: No, it, actually, it's a replacement. Uh, I think uh, maybe a triple. I've forgotten which one. Yeah, uh, it is a replacement windshield. Yeah. Maybe and it a was, years and, ago. A, and
1: it was the factory windshield, as I recall.
5: Uh, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think it came from Monster, but it did come from one of the replacement. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's. A, yeah, well, yeah, actually, it is because you're, you're reminding me. They did. They put a. Uh, um, a general type windshield yep. in, and it it just didn't. Uh, and your your
1: automatic wipers didn't work.
5: That was it. Thank you. Good yeah. memory. I've, I already forgotten. forgot. Um,
1: I yeah, can't so I can't is. I can't remember what I what I ate yesterday, but I remember that.
5: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, it just seems like it, it, are the windows uh, softer? I mean, the glass uh, is there more? Uh, you you absorbent, know, the material in it. You know, you would you would think
1: that glass is glass is glass and it's you know you know a windshield that was made in 1950 should be as hot as a windshield that's made in 2019 but i firmly believe that they're not they're definitely thinner um and they can make the glass a little bit thinner because the laminate they put in between the glass keeps it safe um but i'm not I you know I'm not sure that glass is is fired off to be as hard as it used to be, uh, but it almost does sound like if you're looking you know if you're looking out your windshield on a sunny day and you see distortion and it does literally look like sandblasting, um, you know that's a, that's to some extent it's a safety impairment. I mean you're you're oh. not, not going to see as good as you should so. Um, you know, is it bad enough to replace? I don't know.
5: I don't know. Either. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to scrub it down yeah, again. Yeah. Um, but maybe yeah. you know. But it. Uh, you know, it's, it's. I think it's embedded in in the windshield. Which,
1: yeah. If you can find, uh, if you can find, old fashioned, what was it called? Boraxo? Bor-, Bor Yeah, Borax. Yeah. Twenty team. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and if amazing. you can, and if you can actually find it in like a soap bar. Which is a little bit yep. hard, yeah. I guess it's not made anymore. I've been told. But if you can try yep. that, that has just a little bit of an abrasive in it. So if there is a combination of you know tree sap and dirt, kind of kind of embedded almost in the glass, that does yep. a pretty good job of cleaning it. And then um, you know good window cleaner. Finish it off with a microfiber cloth, and see what it looks like in the sun afterwards. You may find that maybe you can maybe you can clean some of it up a little bit better because of that
5: yeah i mean i hate i I think my insurance covers it but i hate to go through those just the procedure well and it's a
1: procedure and you know how many times can you you know pull off the molding and replace the glass and you know and the glass is literally glued into the car so they cut they cut as much of the um urethane out of the rubber as possible but you know is it is it ever going to be perfect every single time? I mean, there's nothing better than the the glass that was put in there the first time from the factory, and then right. after that, after that, it's not quite as good, and then it's not quite as good. And I mean, that's been always my feeling. So uh, we just got yeah, a
3: recommendation I'll, of uh, lava
1: uh, soap. Oh, lava! Try lava soap.
0: Lava.
5: Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, right. That I've got. What about the uh, like the soft soap kind of things that? Uh, oh, like soft soap.
1: scrub or something. Soft
5: scrub. Yeah. yeah,
1: I've I've actually tried that and i didn't have very good luck with it okay so uh, well, i mean the okay. other the other thing is um you need to be really careful with some of the uh some of the cleaning products that i i have seen people use um and i don't know why they would but they used um uh like a tire cleaner um almost like um like the stuff you used to use to, when people had white wall tires and that bleach white stuff, and they said, "Oh, well, I'll use that to clean my windshield," and it actually etches the glass. So it actually it actually stains the glass. And somebody much smarter than me told me the chemical reason why, and I don't remember. But um, so uh, you know, I, I you know the other thing is you could try just plain old denatured alcohol, uh, which isn't going to harm the glass, but it may clean off any problems that are. You know, problem areas that are on there, and um, try that. And you know, if 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 it still bothers you afterwards, you know, you could talk to your insurance company and see about having the windshield replaced. Although I have heard, I have heard some insurance companies say, "Well, unless it's cracked or broken, we're not going to replace it." So, uh-huh. uh huh.
5: Yeah. I well. Again, I really don't want to go through. It. I'm wondering it's whether all, all the. Uh, I wonder <laughs> if the, I'm sorry. Uh, Dennis the, said uh... something
1: that I didn't hear. So. I said, I, baseball bat does wonders. Oh, baseball bats do wonders. Yeah, don't, <laughs> bat yeah, does, yeah.
5: well, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, I was going to make a, a Red Sox reference, <laughs> reference, but I didn't. Um, they've been pretty quiet. The uh, uh, I wonder whether you know the, the the new solution they're putting on the roads during the uh, during the winter. Uh, it, it's kind of late in the year, and I know should have noticed it earlier. But I wonder whether if it splash up, splashes up onto the windshield, yeah, and know what it can do to the body of the car. Yeah, I mean, windshield.
1: I mean, definitely the definitely the, uh, the there's a combination. They're using um, calcium chloride, they're using which is salt basically, a salt yeah. brine. But they're also using magnesium chloride, which does really well it it lowers the freezing point of water so it tends not to freeze but it does it rots the you know rust cars it rots bridges it's 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 terrible stuff for the roads and cars um uh i don't know what it does it's it's you know it's sort of a you would think if it's sort of acidy if you will um you know acid's impervious to you know, most, uh, or, you know, glass is impervious to most everything. I wouldn't think it would, but but the other thing is, if it um, breaks some of the, you know, breaks some of the pavement up, you know, maybe maybe just being out on the highway, being, you know, kind of assaulted by the elements is is doing something to the glass that's possible, so.
5: Well, I, I had to replace my, my subframe on my car up yeah. up this yeah. past winter because of all that solution rotted, they didn't, when they built the, the masses in Japan, they didn't Expect that we were going to have this kind of solution, and I guess that was their excuse at least. Uh, and they replaced it. Yeah, uh, because they said it was because of what the, what they're putting on the roads. Yeah, well, you know, I well, mean, I, I mean, I know that it's stuff.
1: Yeah, I back you know, several years ago, we had a guy on from I don't know the, the Metals Institute or something, and we got talking about the same thing. And he talked about how bad the stuff is for. Um, for uh, steel and iron and other metals. And it's, I don't know, I I guess it's okay for the environment. It's not terrible for, um, you know, plants and animals and that sort of stuff. But it is just not good for cars. And it's not good for bridges. So, uh, which is why some of the reason they don't use it. But yeah, some of it, some of it literally is pickle brine. It's the same, it's the waste from brining Fruits and vegetables, and they use it on the roadways, and and the and the whole point is it it brings the um, brings the uh, uh, freezing point of uh, snow and water down uh, lower than freeze lower than thirty two. So that's why all of a sudden, if it's snowing, they'll go out and they'll they'll spray all the roadways with this briny, sticky, gooey stuff, and it's it, it's good because all of a sudden now the snow instead of freezing at 32 or 30 won't freeze until at a, you know 10 or something so it makes the roads inherently safer because of that but
5: I wondering. moved to Florida but then I probably the, some other weather hurricane or
1: <laughs> well yeah <laughs> I, I, I mean i mean having my uh, tiny tin house in Florida that i think i still have um Good. Uh, I think it's still there. I I haven't heard it blew away yet. But um, yeah, that's haven't. It haven't, wasn't in Alabama, so you said. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you never know. Those 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 hurricanes might have come somehow to Alabama. I don't know how that would have worked. But yeah, um, uh, but yeah, where yeah, <laughs> but where I where I was got spared this time. Although two years ago it didn't so much. But but anyway, it, uh-huh. it's it's one of those things. Here, I will say here in New England we have snowstorms and the next day you go out and you shovel and you don't think about it much afterwards or it gets stormy or cold and you don't think about it much florida there's five hurricanes there's five hurricanes off the coast or something now so i don't there's, there's a certain stress level about living down there too so and besides that everything everything else down there wants to kill you snakes and spiders and alligators and you know other things
5: I think I'll stay. Yeah, there you I, go. I sent you an email. It's as close to a Rolls-Royce as I'll ever get. Uh, it's a I guess When you open up, it's, a, uh, I guess, a die-cast die model. Uh, beautiful uh, Rolls-Royce. Rolls-Royce um, really miniature. Um, but uh, I didn't even check to see how much it was. I'm not going to buy it. Uh, either one. <laughs> but uh, really well made. Yeah,
1: no. Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, I'll have to take a look at it. I'll have to. I'll have to check my email a little bit later. Thanks. That's okay. All right. Very good. All right. Thanks for being Thanks. there. All Appreciate right. It. Sure bye. thing. Yep. Bye bye. Good week. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through. And where are we going now? We're talking to Rick in Boston. Rick.
0: Hey there. Hey there. You know, just listening to you talk about all the, the terrible things that the saw and the, the other things they put on the road, uh, that just gets me wondering, like, why bother, you know, putting all this stuff on the road? And just insist that people drive safer.
1: Yeah, well, you yeah, we could drive safer, but. Is- yeah.
0: I know we won't. We won't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, AAA did a study a couple that we released a couple weeks ago about the amount of people that, that know that going through a red light is bad, but yet, okay. but like yet three out of 10 of them did it in the last month. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So oh, even, yeah. Though, even though people say, even though people say, oh yeah, you know, I know going through a red light is not a good thing, but they still say, you know, I'm going to go through a red light.
0: So, oh yeah. I, I know. I run into it, Matt and stuff like that, but, uh. You know, um, sometimes you know, I just think that we re- really need to you know, make enforcement much more serious. Yeah. So that people realize that, okay, you know, um, okay. like, you know, uh, a drunk driver. Okay, you get caught driving drunk, you know, the police impound your car, you know, you can pick it up at the uh, next working day during working hours, 12 hours after, you know, they impound mm-hmm. it. No, I I actually I
1: actually think and and there's I guess it's sort of pending now is if you get stopped for drunk driving on your first offense you should have a breathalyzer put in your car. So yeah. that's going to keep you from because uh, here's here's a scary fact. The and this is based on talking to people. Um the average drunk driver drives drunk 78 times before they get caught. That's scary. Yeah, so seventy eight they've driven drunk seventy eight times. And I don't you know and this is just, you know, talking to people that have been arrested for drunk driving. They said, you know, how many how many times have you been in a similar situation? You know, over your lifetime? And the average the average person has done it um, more than more than seventy times. So and just got lucky that they got home and either either didn't get home but nobody caught them. And they did, you know, hit a mailbox or something, or uh, got home, yeah. and and so you know, there's there's certainly an issue. So the idea of if you get stopped for a drunk driving, uh, and you know, you don't want as as much as you don't want to say to somebody, okay, you're going to lose your license, you're not going to be able to work, um, and all of a sudden now you're going to be on you know welfare. Okay, put a breathalyzer in your car. It's going to cost you. You know, four hundred bucks a month to get it recalibrated every month. That's part of the fine. You got to keep it in there for a year, and you know, at the end of a year, if you want to, you know, you can you can have it removed. Um, But you know, something like that, I think, kind of kind of makes some sense.
0: Well, like I said, you know, like I say, like you know, or and things like that, or you know, you know, if you uh, have to, as you say, breastalizer or some of the other things that you know um, make it. A serious depend- punishment, seriously, because you know, two hundred dollars fine. What the heck? You know, you know that, that's one day's work. Yeah, you know? for, for, for <laughs> and some, and for some. Care of.
1: Yeah, for some people. But you're right. The idea of having, you know, having something that may, you know, look up someday if you ever get bored. Look up the drunk driving laws in Australia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it,
1: they they're they're, you know, you will never drive drunk in Australia. That's you know. So, anyway, Rick, always good to hear from you.
0: Yeah, have a good one, Dennis. All right.
1: All right. See ya. Now,
3: before we take a break, Dennis, you said we
1: got a question from somebody.
3: Well, two things. Okay. Um, Henry just called in for the windshield issue. He said try Wyman's glass cooktop cleaner and polish on the windshield. Oh, okay. All, right. Works, All right. works for works. It works for, for glass tops. Cooktops, yeah. But. Um, so that will work. And uh, a buddy of mine wanted to know why some areas like on the Cape and recently he was up in New Hampshire, um, actually him and his wife would like to know, Brian and Eileen, um, want to know why, um, you have to have your headlights on at all times in certain parts of the road in certain areas.
1: Well, you don't have to, it's a recommendation.
3: It says required. Yeah, but it's, it can't
1: require you to. So, uh, But it's a recommendation, and it is um, because cars are that – they usually do that in areas that have been prone to head-on collisions. And Route 6, when you get past exit 10, uh, heading to the Cape, is known as Suicide Alley because people drive into each other. So what tests have shown is when you drive around with your headlights on, your car is that much more visible. And some studies have shown that if you drive around with your headlights on, uh, your car will be the chances of getting into a fatal head-on collision uh, get reduced by about 10%. And that is why we see so many more cars with daytime running lights, because daytime running lights kind of do the same thing. They make your car that much more visible day or night. Night, you shouldn't have your headlights on anyway, but uh, at dusk at least, or just before dusk, they make your car that much more visible. Uh, in Canada, many, many years ago, uh, daytime running lights were mandated, and that's why anytime you see a Canadian car, it has, uh, it has the daytime running lights on it, even the older ones from 15 years ago. I did a talk uh, to a group of hardware store salespeople, okay. and I said to them... Why? I said, how many people drive with your headlights on? Every hand in the room went up. And I went, how come? Why is that? And they said, we're a Canadian company, and it's a requirement with our work vehicles that we have to drive with our headlights on. So driving with your headlights on in certain areas is, even though the sign might say headlight use required or headlight use mandated, um, I don't know that they can actually force you to turn, but it's a good idea. Do it. It's a good idea Um, because it does make your car that much more visible. It does reduce your chances of getting into a fatal crash by about 10%. And all you're doing is turn your headlights on. So not a bad idea to do it. So it makes a lot of sense. And so that's why. That's the reason behind it. Um, Besides... The Lincoln Aviator. They're coming out with a couple other vehicles, and we'll talk about those when we get back. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. We got to pay some bills. If you would like to join us, 617 770 3030. 617 770 3030 is how you get through. We got a couple phone lines open just for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program, and I I was saying that uh, besides the Lincoln Aviator, there's going to be a new smaller SUV coming out called Corsair, and the Aviator is also uh, available as a plug-in hybrid, and you think about hybrids as being uh, maybe not that peppy. Uh, Well, the plug-in hybrid version of the Aviator is... Got six hundred foot-pounds of torque and like five hundred horsepower, so it's it's crazy powerful. And I took it took it out for a ride, and pretty impressive vehicle. They started about fifty-one, and if you get it with every single option in it, it's the price of another expensive car. Goes up around ninety thousand, so pretty expensive. So, so you can you can spend a fair amount of money on it. I was looking at uh, I was looking at uh, Paul from Braintree sent me uh, a note about the uh, model rolls-royce and he's right it's a pretty impressive model that he put on uh, did he did he uh, put on facebook uh, pretty impressive and there are some pretty impressive model cars you can you can get that you'll never own um, so worth always taking a look at and this one looks like the real thing and also Bob and Barbara said the car doc is once again not in the Boston Globe today. I purposely purchased a Globe on Saturday to read your column since they moved you from Sunday issue years ago. The morning, uh, This morning the front page of the auto section states your column is in the section, but no, well, no with a lot of zeros, a lot of, a lot of uh, O's. It is not. Neither is it in any other section of the paper. In previous weeks, your column was nowhere to be seen in Saturday paper, but this morning, it's actually a new low. Actually advertising your column, but not including it. Sorry for the rant. The Globe is impossible to reach other than the circulation department by phone or mail. Not your fault. It was published in another New England paper. Please let me know. We are in Mass and Maine. Thank you for your advice, expertise, and entertainment. Bob and Barbara. Barbara. They live in Marblehead and Old Orchard Beach. So uh, the column is, the column, actually, Bob and Barbara, the column is in uh, the Yankee Express, uh, which is a little weekly paper out of uh, the Blackstone Valley area. And Barbara, who owns the Yankee Express, um, uh, puts my column in. And uh, periodically, Bob Bosworth, who owns the Quincy Sun, puts it in. And there's another column in the Providence Journal. So uh, it's different from the Massachusetts from the uh, Boston Globe column. So you can and you can read the the Providence Journal column online too. So you can do that. And we got before we go to Kathy in Somerville,
3: we got uh, several more recommendations on how to clean your windshield. What were they, Dennis? McGuire's is one makes a cleaner. Um, and somebody else just mentioned Barkeeper's Friend. That's a that's can, like a it's glass. Common. it's like yeah. a stuff you can use. Yeah.
1: Well, it's all worth all worth giving it a shot. You know, I guess if you can clean a clean a bar glass, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. And uh, the Providence Journal column by the way also was a mention of somebody wrote in and wanted to know about uh, they they love going to car museums and um and uh, there are two great car museums in the Newport uh, Newport Auto Museum, Newport Car Museum, and we're going to have Gunther back on the show in a couple weeks. That's not a good sound. Well. Apparently, the Spanish station just went off the air. Um, so, we're going to have Gunther on in a couple weeks from the Newport Car Museum. Love that museum. And then the Audrain Museum, that whole Newport Car Week, big fancy event. Uh, and I'm going to be there on the Saturday. So, if you're at Cars and Coffee in Newport, come down and see me.
3: I will not be there because I have to be here to make John go, up, go over there.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll see how well they are. Now, let's talk to Kathy. Kathy, good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? Good.
2: Thank you. Um, when I was driving yesterday, it, it said engine hot, idle engine, AC off. And then the needle moves up to hot. When it does that, it goes bing, 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 bing.
1: Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. What, what kind of car is this? It's a Chevy Impala 2012. Yeah. 2011. 2011. Yeah, 2011. Well, it yeah. sounds it sounds like either the cooling fan stopped working, or the thermostat got stuck, or it's low on coolant. One of those three things. But you don't want to drive it that way, or you'll ruin the engine. Yeah,
2: that's
1: so kind of yeah, so I would go to your favorite neighborhood garage, whoever it is, and have and yeah. tell them the same story you just told me, and they'll check the cooling fan to make sure it works okay. They'll check yeah. the coolant level to make sure it's full. And they'll probably, if everything looks good, replace the thermostat. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. So um. So that that would be that would be the thing to do. And if it is a little low on coolant, they'll need to check it and find out why it's low and where it went, and uh, and uh, you know test it for a leak and find out what's wrong. But, yeah, oh, okay. if that happens, again, do just what it says. Pull over, shut off the air conditioning, let it sit and yep. cool off. Because if you said, you know what, I, I only have another five miles to go to drive home, by the time you got home, you would have ruined the engine. Yeah,
2: because I did
5: do that, and uh hopefully. It was okay. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. hopefully everything's okay, but I would have it checked out to make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay. 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 Thank you. All right, sure Thank thing. Thank much. All right. Thank yep. you. Bye-bye. And remember, the uh, the, the boyos... Uh, Johnny Costello and Bobby Brooks are going to be at the uh, they're going to be all they're traveling all over the place they're going to be at the they're going to be in South Boston where were they, what, what was the street
3: theory? West Broadway West Broadway Boston and, Credit Union
1: and Boston Credit Union City of Boston Credit Union they're going to be down there and it's uh, South Boston Day so they're going to be hanging out down there and then um, and then uh, they're going to be over in Marshfield at the Irish Festival down in Marshfield at the fairgrounds so and Matt is somewhere here. Did you I, see him? I, I saw him, I saw him, him come him. in. Oh, okay. I saw him come in. So I know he's here somewhere. So uh uh so he'll he'll be he'll be in any second, I bet. But I can't imagine Bobby Brooks and Johnny Costello
3: together. That's insane. Was that my cue? <laughs> yeah, that
1: was your cue. That was your cue. Um I was just saying I was just saying Bobby Brooks and And Johnny Costello together is it could it could be it could be there's some there's some shenanigans going on so uh, so there could be there could be trouble so uh, but but that's all coming up and if you see them it will be hysterical so it will be worth hanging out with them
3: Johnny Johnny is a man who has the energy of the sun.
1: Yes. And Bobby, or the energy of a 12-year-old. Yes. Yeah.
3: And Bobby Brooks is not far behind. Not
1: far behind and a fabulous singer too, by the way. Is he yeah, really? Bobby. Yeah, that's how we actually got here, you know. Okay. He did the uh, he did the uh Irish, Irish Americas uh, Irish who's got talent sort of thing and he sent a tape in. That's how we and he was like, "Wow, he's actually a good singer." So, so they
3: put him as a DJ.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know the it's probably a little more involved in that, but I so. <laughs> but that's probably how it works. So yeah, so it's a, so good times had by all. So um, yeah, so who, who knows? So um, I'm I'm gonna finish off today with an interesting article. It says paving the road with solar panels to harness the sun energy might seem it's because you said he's got the energy of the sun might seem like a great idea. But an experimental project in France has proven to be a disaster.
3: I read about this.
1: Three I'm years right. after it was installed, the half-a-mile section of road called Watway is reported to be fa- falling apart, generating much less actric- electricity than expected, an annoying area residents with excessive noise. The sound created by cars and trucks driving on the road was so loud that officials reduced the speed limit to about 40 miles an hour, uh, according to the French newspaper Le Monde. Storms and vehicles damaged a portion of the road beyond repair, and power production has fallen every year. Uh, It's been in service, um, the paper reported. So it's horrible. So that, it's, you know, someone said, hey, that's a good idea. Let's put solar panels where cars drive. How could that have been a good idea? That's interesting. Something mislabeled, was it?
3: No, my finger twitched wrong. All right.
1: Isn't Twitch a video game?
3: No, it's a, it's a channel. YouTube a cha- channel. It's a YouTube channel. channel yeah? It's a type of Something. gamers Something. communication way. All right, yeah. all right. There all we right. go. That's the there right stuff. Go. There we go.
1: So Matt O'Donnell coming up, filling in for P- Professor Paul Sullivan. So Matt's gonna Matt's gonna be here. Bobby and Johnny Costello will be there. Billy will be coming in a little bit early. There's all kinds of stuff going on. That is true. That is true. Hey, Matt, you got you got some music you want to play? Yeah, we got some stuff here. You got some stuff you want to give you want to give Dennis a CD or something so you have some time? Uh, yeah, yeah.
5: That would
3: probably.
1: Be a good idea. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, just a, just a suggestion, you know, because you know, I I could I could stay and talk for a little while, but you know, yeah, yeah, you might you might want to put something on just to. Fill in that that space between, you know, because coming up, besides all of the, uh, besides uh, everybody out doing their thing today, it is the very best in Irish music is here every Saturday uh, from starting at 10 o'clock right through just about the end of the day. So very best in Irish music here all weekend on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.
3: To follow the diddly idle day As I went down to Galway town one day